Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. To the worship team. So what I want to do is just do a recap of what we did last time. And then just um, then I'm going to invite a whole load of people forward. So, um, so this, this area will be, is fine for now, but in about 20 minutes it's going to be full of adults, all right? So, um, so, so just be mindful of that. Um, and um, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. That's very kind. Yeah. So last time, what did I talk about last time? It's the year of 2019, which is the year of? Gold and faith. Because how many people of faith were in Hebrews 11? 19. What's, if you look at the Hebrew year 5779, that is the, in the periodic table, the element gold. And in numerical values in the gematria, 19 is gold. All right? So I'm going to come back to that. And last time we were talking about. Um, Prophecy being out of a context of love, we had an amazing time and Alex gave a real, um, I just remember your testimony, it was just great, at that place of just total security of being loved by a heavenly daddy. And so when we're in that place, we don't have character issues in terms of prophesying. Does that make sense? Because if you're surrounded by the love of God, it's not performance-based. Yeah? So therefore, you take a risk. Because actually, if you look stupid, does it matter to the love of God that's around you? No. The more you're kind of surrounded by the love of God, the less you care about what people think about you. And so, because actually you want to bless them more than you might look stupid or silly. Does that make sense? So you're more likely to step out and say, well, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, so what? But actually, it could bless you. And it's worth the risk. It's worth the investment. So, so really, within the biblical context and all the spiritual gifts, it's all out of the context of love. Yeah? Always, always, always. So we're hungry for information, but actually we can't really do it unless we have the revelation and the revelation of the Father's heart. Because then we're forever trying to play catch-up and play performance-based stuff to earn that love, which actually we can't earn because Jesus paid for it so we can have it. And that's the reality. Does that make sense? So in terms of the prophetic, it then doesn't become results-driven, key KPIs, key performance indicators, and all that sort of stuff. Yes, we have to be accountable to it, but it takes the drivenness off it. Yes? And it becomes a joy. I mean, people have seen me around. I'm at my happiest times when I'm prophesying, and I can be prophesying for four hours. And Judith will confirm that after four hours, I am still in a very, very happy place. Because it's a joy. It's a joy. And if it was performance-driven, it would not be a joy. I would be worn out and grumpy and miserable. Yeah? Okay. So, 
What were the two key elements of prophecy that we had little letters for? This is a little test, and you know, I, I know that you'll know the answers, but um, in 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is meant to make you feel bad, to make you feel discouraged, and give up. Is that, is that right? Is that, is that, did, I, did, I, did I get that right? But what was, what was it meant to be? Encourage, build up, comfort, yeah? And what? So, and strengthen. Great, perfect. So 1 Corinthians 14, strengthen, encourage, comfort. So all those elements have to be in place, yeah? And I'm not saying we, there's not correction in prophecy and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, generally, unless we want to copy the Old Testament prophets, you know, I think generally let's start off with strength, encourage, and comfort. And if it's not going to be those things, uh, think about it, take it back to God, maybe check it out with a few other people, and then maybe say it, all right? Far better that way. Annie's nodding. It's good, isn't it, Annie? Yes, it's much better. <laughs> if, that's not, if those elements aren't going to come out of your lips, you think, hmm, should I be saying this without checking out with other people? Yeah? Okay, so um, we, we're there. I'm there in front of you. I've got a prophetic word, and I've got a picture of um, a donkey with a green hat on. All right? So, so I'm thinking donkey green hat. Do I say something or don't I? If I say nothing because I don't understand the donkey with a green hat, the guaranteed result is nothing will happen. But if I'm working in a team, which I like to, I'll go donkey with a green hat. And the recipient might, might actually have, so that's a revelation, right? First component, revelation. Then we have the interpretation. What does it mean? So if we're working with Annie, Annie will say, yeah, I know that. I know what that means. You know, God spoke to me about that, something like that this week. And um, so Annie says that, and then the person receives it. You know, we're thinking, Annie and I are now thinking, oh, my goodness. You know, what, you know you've interpreted it, but how do you, how do you apply that? How does that actually get into the lifestyle, our daily lifestyle. And actually the third person might know the application or the person who receives might say, I know exactly what that means. God's been talking about this month after month after month after month. I'm actually almost at the end of my tether and because of what you've just said, this, you know, I can actually step and apply this now and this is a real breakthrough. I have hundreds and thousands of examples of, of, of things like that where it's as bizarre as a donkey with a green hat. And um, until you step out, you don't know. Okay. So that's a bit of a recap of, of last time, yeah? Does that sound all right? You know, and actually it was in that context that we're actually all God's treasure and the fact that the kingdom of heaven is like... And it's, we, we talked about, you know, about finding the treasure, man, a woman finding a treasure in a field, buying the field, selling all they had to buy the field. And so that's, that's actually what we've done, as it were, with Jesus, but that's what Jesus has done for us. We are God's treasure. And when we're prophesying, we're calling out the gold and the treasure in that field. Because prophecy seeks out the gold, not the dirt. It's really important. Really, really important that we seek the gold and we call that out because that's calling and purpose. And that is such a privilege. I don't, I don't get bored of that. I get, I, it, just, it just excites me every, every, every time to find the gold. Really, it's amazing and it's a privilege. So, what I thought we would do is, okay, 
I'm going to, we're going to go through the whole story tonight of prophecy, like to the end, and then um, the next weeks and months I'm going to fill in the details, because it's like giving you the bare bones of the story. It's like when you teach, you're supposed to say, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to tell you, this is how it's going to end, and then I'm going to fill in the details. I mean, not, I'm Richard, Richard, he's probably saying, no, you don't, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, those are those elements. You, I'm telling you the story, and then we'll go in and fill the details, yeah? Um, so what I would like to do is, for some somebody, um, and we've only got 30 copies, in fact, we've got a few more there in that wallet, um, if Juliet and maybe, um, yeah, Juliet, could you go around and give out, and if you're a couple, could you share, so there's about, about another six there, double-sided. What's being handed out is the sheet that you would get given if you came to a Speakers of Life prophetic appointment which occurs the other side of that wall and that wall (laughs) on the last Wednesday of each month. Because, I don't know about you, and this is Natasha's idea, so Natasha gets all the credit. Thank you, Natasha. All right. When you get a prophetic word in a church and things like that, sometimes it's kind of difficult to think, oh, uh, I've got a prophetic word, what do I do with it? Yeah? It is, isn't it? You think, what, what am I meant to do with this? You know, it's like, uh, what am I meant to do with it? it? It feels good, it makes me wobble, or it doesn't make me wobble, but there's something inside, what actually am I supposed to do with this? Do I just stick it in a drawer and think that was nice? And then find it four years later and realize that actually God answered it two years before and actually you wish you'd actually gone into the drawer to look it out. Alex is nodding. We've all been there. All right. Or (laughs) do we become, do we test the word and, and actually filter it and actually be accountable to it and get others around us to help us to be accountable to it, to see the fruit and all the fruit rather than just a bit of it. Yeah. Okay. So before I forget, Tim's looking at me, Um, we've doubled up prophetic appointments starting from March. We normally just use one room, but because there's quite a waiting list of about three months, we've decided to do the brave thing and open up a second room. So we're running, um, so it's going to be very exciting. So we're going to be running two rooms on the same night, which basically means we have a bigger team and it's going to be a little bit more bustly, which is great. So I think the team is now about 20 people, so we've got enough to rotate and all that sort of stuff. So that's good. So, as I am currently speaking, we have three slots in March, which have opened, well, there are four opened up, but one's been taken, so there are three slots in March. So if you think you would like one, or you know somebody who could need one, want one, tell them about it. I think April is... There's one left, because <laughs> I don't know how people found out, but, yeah, well, I think I taught, yeah, anyway, I told, well, yeah, okay, it was me, it's me, it's me, yeah, um, I, yeah, mm, all right. I told people, I've just come back from America, and I told people, so we've got people Skyping in from Washington, D.C., and other places in America um, for prophetic appointments, so I'm sorry America got there first, but anyway, there we go, but. March is still looking good. <laughs> All right, so you've had time to read this now while I've been talking away. So I'm just going to go through a couple of points. Um, 
And, and most of this should, should actually resonate with you. You know, you think, okay, I've read this in the Bible somewhere. You know, it, 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 you know it's elements. And actually, if you're, I'm not advertising, but I am advertising. This sheet was taken from this book, all right, which is um, how, it's a basically a, a guide on how to prophesy in a very easy way, all right? So I've got a few copies of that. So it's taken from from there and distilled down to a two-pager. So can I just highlight a couple of things? And this is good for when we um, receiving, testing a prophetic word. Does it strengthen, encourage, and comfort you? Does it, does it give you a sense of freedom? Because it should. If, it's, if, if you feel trapped or contained, or it contains elements of fear, then I'll suggest it's probably not from God. Yeah? Does it line up with Scripture? Does it point to Jesus? I'm talking about the first section here. Or does it point to the person giving the prophecy? Yeah? Because sometimes, and, and it is easy, this is why we have to keep our hearts soft, is the fact that you're coming up with stuff and people are saying, yeah, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then, when you're giving a prophetic word, you carry on talking. And then you get into, it's more about how you feel and about building you up rather than about building them up. Yeah? So I've learned when I give prophetic words, um, when God stops speaking, I stop speaking. You know? Um, now, do, do you do that every time? Probably not. But actually, the more times you do it, the, the less times you carry on speaking. Yeah? It's really... One time, a, a guy in America, I was speaking in J-Hop in New York. I wanted a really long prophetic word for him. I just had the numbers 343. And that's all I had, which actually was what he needed because he was a lawyer and a 343 meant amazing. It meant about being set free with no blame and all that sort of stuff, which is basically the gospel. So it was like incredible. I wanted more than 343. I wanted this amazing long prophetic word for him. But God gave me 343. He knew exactly what I was talking about. So thank you, Jesus, that I buttoned my lip and stopped after 3.43. (laughs) So does it ring true? Did it bring life and freedom? And then later, can we ask the the, the questions? You know, and this is really important, and it's great to have feedback. We've got, there are people in this room who've given us feedback of prophetic words that the prophetic appointments have given. And it's, you know, and it's been very helpful because they said, actually, this happened a month after. This happened a day after you spoke this. And so does it come true? You know, does it come to pass? Or do elements of it come to pass? So, so again, you're looking out for that. It's a way of testing it, yeah? Which actually, as a team, you need that. Because if all that we're prophesying, nothing happens, then we need to know. <laughs> you know, we think, you know, we may have to do something about that, Yeah? But it's good feedback. So going on to the, the second point. People prophesy in different ways. All right, I love it. We just had a team meeting, a team training thing in the house, and we were all prophesying to each other and speaking life. And we all have different styles. And I'm sorry if actually you want a King James Version style of prophecy, and you if it's not in that, you don't believe what's being said. But actually... You know, I don't see evidence of that in the Bible. There were different ways of speaking life, yeah? Some were practical, actually. 
actually anointing Jesus with oil was a prophetic act in actually advancement of his, heralding his, his, his burial, wasn't it? That was a prophetic act and a prophetic word. Now that was very different from other things that were said. It's still prophetic, yeah? So let's not put that in a box. We need to take ownership of it. Write it down like Habakkuk. Run with it. Be accountable to it. Don't stick it in a drawer and never look at it. If it's, if it's helpful, what I do is even if it's written down, I put it on my phone and then start to play them back. Um, I haven't shaved today, um, um, <laughs> but so tomorrow I will shave. And, and so when I'm shaving, usually, um, I listen to prophetic words. I just keep on playing them through. And it's great. And you think, oh my goodness, God, that's right, that's right. And then it heightens your senses to be looking out. And actually, you know, half the time, it's all been answered anyway. And you're thinking, thank you, God. And you start off the day with actually, like, like consciously in victory in this sense, actually, you know, a lot of this stuff has happened. And then you're on the, the lookout for more. Then you're on the front foot of your day rather than the back foot. Then you're thinking, okay, God, this has happened today. What else is going to happen? And you're looking around and you spot, start to start, spot stuff. Yeah. It's good to um, share your prophetic word uh, with people you trust and that there's a mutual accountability to because I can guarantee you that you can have the most amazing prophetic word and the enemy will try and come to you that very night or tomorrow and say, did God really say that? Because he's done it before in the Bible. <laughs> Did God really say? Yeah? So it's always good to say, you know, to share it with someone so they can come and say, well, Mark, how's that, how's that going? I do that all the time with people around me. You know, and even if I, I sometimes, if, it, if the prophetic word requires an action, I will actually specifically ask people and say, right, I want you to ask me in a week's time whether I've done that. Because I know... That actually, if nobody's looking, nobody's keeping your check, you'll think, oh, I'll get round to it. No. You'll think of a, of a million reasons which sound all very plausible because we can deceive ourselves. This is another sermon about our heart deceiving ourselves. It's like it's throughout the Bible. We, you know, we can just deceive ourselves and it sounds really plausible. Until we say to a really good friend and they'll say, that's rubbish, Mark. <laughs> That doesn't add up. And you go, yeah, it doesn't, does it? You know, and I say, I'll just check out with somebody. No, Mark, that doesn't add up. So what do you, why are you thinking that way? So, so actually, if you share it with people you trust, they can then say, okay, Mark, how's it going? So I give permission for people to speak into my life. I speak in other people's lives. And so it gets you to be accountable for that word. And, and actually, the fruit is guaranteed to come. Yeah? Plus, you get all the fruit rather than just half a banana. All right. If you think actually there's a whole fruit bowl, sometimes you actually think, well, that's enough. That's enough. The fruit, you know, I've got half a banana. That's okay. I was a bit, I was a bit hungry. Half a banana will do. That will keep me going till Wednesday. When actually God wants you to have the whole enchilada, the whole fruit bowl, the whole everything to sustain you and actually for you to be overflowing so you can give out from that place. Yeah? Okay, what else? When you start reading it, you think this is actually a good idea, Natasha. <laughs> it's great. I love it. We give everybody a copy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, don't substitute the prophetic word for your own work with God. It's important that you rely on the Bible and hearing God for yourself rather than just coming to the prophet or, yeah? So I, in this book, I have a little section called The Magic Genie, um, which is basically um, coming to the prophet all the time and rubbing the lamp, as it were, because you want a word. And you, generally, if that happens with me, uh, um, what I usually say is, what, what did you do with the last word I gave you? Come on. And he's going, yes, come on. Because we, we, we we've worked together a lot um, in the healing center and all that sort of stuff. And, and actually, um, it's really important to take ownership of the words that God's given you. Because actually, there's only a limited time and slots that are available in things like healing center and prophetic booths and appointments. And, and actually, we love everybody. But we love everybody so much that we don't want re- people to come every week and take up space when other people are desperate. And all their, and, uh, you know, so it's really important, you know, you've got to hear me right on this. It's really important that actually you, you, you know, I'll say, well, what did you do with the last prophetic word? Well, nothing. Well, well, what are you going to do with this one? You know? So take it back to God. Do the very things here. And actually, it could be part of a process. And so they actually say, well, actually, Mark, because of that, I did this and this. And, okay, that's great. We can now build on that because you're on a journey. But if you're never going to start the, start the journey, you can have 100 prophetic words, and it becomes an act of your will. Yeah? So your will, you know, actually speak to your will and say, you know, mind, will, and emotions have to be subject to the Spirit of God. Say to your will, okay, will, we're going to start on this journey. Okay, we're on it now. It's really important. So that's why prophetic words have to direct the recipient to Jesus not to the prophet, the prophetic person that's giving it, because at the end of the day, actually Jesus has all the answers. Yeah? Really important. And the last thing I want to mention is timing. So there's other stuff on there. Is timing, and um, that will take up most of a Sunday evening. And I want to fill that in. Uh, There's some great stuff on timing. The fact that actually, Mark, it didn't happen within 60 seconds, um, you know, or particularly when you get prophetic words, I don't know what, what other people in the room are like, but sometimes when you have open visions and stuff about things that are going to happen and you think that's so real, it's, gonna, it's just going to happen l- like now. And then sometimes um, it's five years down the line. How many times, and, and I'm looking at Christine now because Christine's probably one of those people, how many times you've written stuff down you know, you write it down, Habakkuk, and actually you walk into a room because this is what happens with seers. You see stuff sometimes years in advance. You write it down, and then you're in a place, in a room, in a location, and you think, oh, my goodness, this is that. This is that. You know? And, and, and thank God for, for these phones because you can call it up straight away. And then you, and you speak it out. And you'll say, I got this two years ago. I got this three years ago. This is how it's going to play out. This is how it's going to happen. You know, so it's really important about the timing. You know, um, there's, there's a couple of scriptures in there about timing. You can read about that. There's a great story in, um, I haven't put the one in Kings, so I'll probably do that. Um, that will take up a whole Sunday evening. That is so exciting because it's like... You know, you think you've got it, then you've blown it, then you think you've blown it again, then you get it back, and it's much better than, than, than actually even thought of at the very beginning. I love stories like that, you know. 
because it just means we can blow it and we haven't really blown it because we can blow it again and, you know, and like, well, you know, it's, yeah, come on. Woo! If Noah had, um, you know, like, not Noah, um, um, Jonah, sorry. <laughs> It's the same, it's almost the same letters actually, but anyway, if Jonah had um, uh, lots of chances, then so can we, yeah? Thank you, God. So is this helpful? Okay, so um, there's a lot in that. You've got a question, Shirley, and then I'm going to move on. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Breeding example. So, so actually, before you got saved, God was actually planting truth in your heart. And how much, you know, like we, we all know our journeys in, in getting saved. God was actually speaking to us even before we knew Him, which is amazing, isn't it? And He was keeping us from stuff as well, like protecting you. Think, oh my goodness me, thank you, God, that I that you know it may have broke my heart at the time, but thank you for ending that relationship. You know, one example of, you know, woo. So thank you. So. I'm going to leave that now. Is that okay? Because I think that's quite a lot in that. Is that, is that helpful? Because it's actually quite a lot to digest. And I know you're reading it and you're thinking, hmm, this is quite, uh, it's quite a lot of detail in this. So what I'm going to do in the intervening weeks is come back to those sections and explore them. Yeah? Because about delivering it, receiving it, testing it. Yeah? But it's good to get the whole story so we now see the value of going into the detail. Otherwise, if you go into the detail and you don't know the end of the story, you think, why are we doing this? It's because of, because of that. We, we want the full fruit of the prophetic word. Okay. So, it's not that we're not doing prophecy now. It's just, I'm just doing an activation, right? We were doing activations yesterday at the As One event, um, and uh, it was hilarious. It was great. Um, Annie and I had a... Um, a big sword from which was imaginary, but it was real because it was in the spirit um, from Scotland from centuries ago, and um, we chopped off heads of offense, demons, unbelief, religion, <laughs> and then we took the, the sword of love because it had love written on it and pierced all our hearts with the love of God. It was a quiet affair, you know. <laughs> Oh, and people gave birth, and, and yeah, it was very, yeah, it was kind of good. Anyway, so, all right, December, here in this very place, um, I had, um, uh, like, you probably call it an open vision or whatever. Um, anyway, um, I'm not going to tell you the process that by which I ended up in this kind of heavenly room, because it would actually give away some aspects of a country that I really don't want to mention <laughs> and stuff that happened there, which was all very good, but, it, but it's, it's um, I don't want, to, and, and Annie goes there a lot. Um, so, <laughs> so I was in a heavenly room and um, 
which was a kind of cross between a busy mail room, you know, like a postal room. And it almost had the feel of a, of a gym changing room. You know, like gym changing rooms, a little bit chaotic, and there's bits of things hanging around on pegs and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's a little bit chaotic. It's not neat and tidy because it's busy. You know, it's busy. People are coming in and out. It's like a mail room. So kind of think about people coming in, going out, and all that sort of stuff. And um, I could see wooden um, numbered fobs, key fobs, you know, key rings, key fobs. Uh, hanging on the same numbered pegs on a wall. So, you know, when you go in a changing room, you hang your clothes up on something, but if you're in a mail room, you know, you might have number 42, and you, look and you, and you hang it on coat peg number 42. And um, my job was, in this picture, in this vision, was to take one of these fobs, which was actually... Um, I knew was an unassigned inheritance. And it became a temporary inheritance to, to me to activate for the person for which it was destined to come. So in other words, I was actually a postman. I took the fob from the numbered peg and my job was to, to deliver it to the people, person or community for which that inheritance was meant for. As I went, there was a bespoke angel or angels assigned to each inheritance. So as I took the fob, angels came with me. Not all of them, just bespoke ones that were for that particular purpose. My job was to see the inheritance de- kind of delivered and then my job was then to go back to the mail room and get another inheritance and different angels would come to me and I would go off and find where I needed to be. So it was, on, it was almost like on a mission to deliver these key fobs of desolate inheritances or inheritances that actually were not fulfilled. And so in some of the pictures, I would, in, I would just simply give it to the person or I would, and or I would encourage them and or I would stay a little while to see that it begin to happen. But once it began to happen, my job was done and then I had to come back to that mail room in heaven and go and get another inheritance. What a joyful job. And there's some details about numbered things which are to do with certain countries, which I'm not going to tell you about. Um, so that's kind of for me to kind of figure out and work out. So where is that in the Bible? So when you have, when you have visions like this, you know, you say, okay, God, this fe- it feels like you, it, it resonates with you, it's got peace and all that sort of stuff, but actually I could do with a, a scripture. It's always good to ask for scriptures, you know or it's linked to a scripture, or it sounds like a scripture, or it has connection to. So, and some of you probably know this scripture, because I've read it before, is Isaiah 40, in fact I read it at Sol on Friday, Isaiah 49, verses 8 and 9, and it says, this is what the Lord says, In the time of my favor I will answer you, and in the day of salvation I will help you. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances. Now, I can say that without crying. Usually I cry when I read that. 
because it's so kind of, yeah, it's core. And the message writes to put the land in order to resettle families on the ruined properties. Isn't that incredible? That is a mandate for all of us. And then it says to say to the captives, come out and to those in darkness be free. Which links in with Isaiah 60, 61. Yes? You know, the year of the Lord. So that is the scriptural basis of that vision. So in the vision, what was happening is the fact that I was being used to, in the process of people being assigned their desolate inheritance. And I was only staying long enough to deliver it and for them to get on with God to work it out for themselves because that's their inheritance and not mine. And again, that comes back to the basis of prophecy if it's all about Jesus and it's all about the benefit of the people that you're giving it to, you don't have to hang around that long because why are you hanging around? If you want some credit, you would hang around. But actually, if the joy is delivering the package, is delivering the parcel, is to be the deliverer of life-giving words, that is just so amazing. So, so you're so excited about that, you go back and get another one. So the person doesn't remember you, they remember Jesus. Come on. And if we're, if we're not happy with that, then we've got a little bit of work to do. But that's fine, you know? It's fine to say, well, actually, Mark, I, I actually quite like a bit of credit. You know? <laughs> like, well, that's fine. It's okay to say that. But actually, it's a pro- we're in a process, you know? Nobody's immune to that. So, yeah. So who are these people? Who are these people? This is, if I can get through this without crying, this would be great. <laughs> but I might not. So who are these people with unassigned inheritances? And actually, um, if you want to learn more of this, Sean Boltz has got a great um, teaching on this. There's lots of other people as well. Um, But there'll be people who have died prematurely. Yeah? Yeah? Annie and I were talking about one person yesterday. <laughs> Babies who were aborted. Children who died really young. I know this is painful for people in this room, as indeed it's painful for me to say this. But it, but that's it's true. It's, you know, our questions are when people die. You know, you think, well, that God, that they, there was so much ahead. Why did they die now? Why, you know, and 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 and, you know, and what about their inheritance? And what were they about to step into? And there's lots of questions. Yes, lots of questions. And it doesn't stop there. In Hebrews eleven thirty-eight, the, these amazing, and it's coming back to this kind of year of faith again. And I'm connecting with faith and gold. Heroes of our faith. I'm just reading from the Passion Translation, eleven Hebrews eleven thirty-nine. These were the true heroes, commended for their faith. Yet they lived in hope, without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. It's incredible. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. 
These were amazing people, but actually we're living in better than what they had because of Jesus. Yeah? Faithfulness. This is so that they could be brought to finish perfection alongside of us. So in other words, they receive their inheritance with us as we step into that inheritance to actually take that up on their behalf to complete that inheritance. They share in that inheritance. Does that make sense? So it's a desolate inheritance. And so part of us is to think, oh my goodness, that's terrible, that's terrible, which it is. But actually there's an inheritance there to be reassigned. And it might be that we are the people, we are the person, you are the person that actually is, that's, the, that's your job, that's your inheritance. So you're doing it on, on because God's told you, but actually you're helping to fulfill an inheritance that was actually belonged to someone else. And in doing so, you fulfill their inheritance as well. What a privilege. That is very deep. If you think about it, that is very deep. And quite scary. Because it's, it's, it's a responsibility. Hmm. Because we want to see families resettled. We want to see communities restored. The reason our heart breaks when, when actually we walk around uh, people and communities and streets and countries and when we see things happen in the world, our heart breaks is because we know that's what it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be like that because God has shown us a better way. He's shown you a better picture. He's shown you a street that has been restored when in front of you all you can see is dereliction. And it talks about in Scripture about we're supposed to be restorers of streets with dwellings. And, and for those with eyes to see, which, me, which is all of us, God will show you stuff that actually in the natural, it hasn't happened yet. That's what faith is about because you're operating in what God has shown you and everybody in this room has a story of faith. People will say to you, why are you doing that? Because I've seen it. Because God's shown me. He's compelling me to do this. And we all know that. Because that is a journey of actually walking into maybe your own inheritance, but actually God has some desolate inheritances for us. So how about us saying, God, I know what my inheritance is, but are there any desolate ones that you want me to be going for as well? Are there some, some key fobs? Are there some numbers up in that heavenly room actually that is, is, is meant for you to go and take and say, God, I'll deliver this one? Because my feeling is in that room, there were more keys than people getting them. So it's not going to be a problem. There's never going to be too many of us to, to, to deliver those key fobs to the keys for the inheritances. There are not too many of us at the minute who are helping. It's like what Jesus said, you know, the fields of harvest are right, but where are the workers? So there isn't a problem in you taking a key fob. That's meant that, you know, I'll just take the next one along. And the next one along. And you come back and you take that one. And we'll wave to each other. And that's it. And I can wave to you as you go off and deliver another inheritance, an unassigned inheritance to another group of people, to another person. And you'll come back with a story. And you might give me half the story. But I'm already on my way to deliver something else.
Don't you see how it happens? And then you have the stories of heaven. Whoa. So we need help. I need help. <laughs> I need help to probably get through this. Um, but we need help, you know, because, because actually it's overwhelming. And actually we think, Lord, I need provision. I need, I need lots of provision. I need heavenly help. I need physical help. I need physical strength. I need emotional stability. I need all this sort of stuff because actually this, I need loads of stuff to help me through this. But also, it is a joy. It is, it is, you know, it is something that, that, that is straight from heaven because actually it may not be a joy at the time, but actually it is a joy when you see that inheritance taking place. And it's almost a, a kind of acknowledging satisfaction like, I did my job. When you see a community restored, when you see an individual restored and everything else, and they're taking their inheritance and they're actually walking it so abundantly, and you think, wow, my privilege was to deliver the key fob. Wow. So, there is help. There is provision. And we finished with this last night at the As One event. And there's been a lot on the As One WhatsApp today about um, something. And this is probably good for me because it's a little bit light-hearted. So it's, it means that I don't have to finish the whole message crying. Um, oh. in um, Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 7 and the subtitle of this is The Camels Are Coming Okay, because remember this is the year of what? gold and faith and we've had the faith haven't we? we've talked about faith we've connected that so where's the gold mark? otherwise you know, you're going to finish in three minutes and you haven't spoken about it Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But, but, the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. Now that's a that's a that's a good that's a good command, isn't it? Lift up your eyes because stuff wants to keep our eyes looking down at our feet and thinking this is terrible. Look up, lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. In other words, sons and daughters are being restored. Thinking of prodigals, etc. Loads of stuff, yeah. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. Right? I think that's pretty clear. It's provision. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Thank you, God. I'm saying yes to that. And then wait for it. Verse 6. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. 
we know that camels in those days symbolized provision. They bought perfume, they bought gold, they bought water, they bought food, they bought spare clothing, they bought everything. They bought total provision. Everything that was lacking, they bought. They even carried people. So when we were tired and weary and we really wanted to give up, we could just get on a camel and ride the camel and then we felt better and stronger. We could get down on our feet and carry on our journey because that's what Lord does for us, yes? He says, rest. I'm going to carry you and you can carry on your journey. So in the year of gold... We can receive the provision to enable us to deliver, be used to deliver these desolate inheritances with the angelic help that we have. Whether we're aware of them or not, that's the reality because we know in Hebrews 1.11 that actually angels are sent to serve those, our ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Ministering, helping spirits. As we're doing God's business, we're going to get so much help. So what would be great, um, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray one final prayer, and I'll probably cry, and that's good because it'll be the final prayer. Um, So um, if that is speaking to anybody... Um, it'd be great if you could just come to the front row and just stand in your seat. Um, um, you know, is that all right? So, don't, so there's lots of young people in here and they've been really good and I thank you very much. For, you're, you're wonderful. So do not tread on the young people. <laughs> so if you can come down this side, that'd be great. And maybe, maybe the young people could actually pray for your feet as well. That'd be great, actually. Yeah, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? So, so encourage your children to crawl around and pray for the feet of those that are coming forward. But it'd be great if you... If you came forward, if you want to respond to that, I'm just going to say a prayer and we'll just, we can give prophetic words and stuff later. But if, you, if, if that is, if you say, actually, I want to walk into that. I want to, either I have never done it, I've never thought of that before. I don't, want to, I don't want to set off the journey on that. Or actually, I'm doing it, but I want to do it more. Or actually, I've got a, I've got a, I feel I've got a desolate inheritance. I don't really know what that means and I want God to talk to me about it. You know? Please come, come down. I'm just going to say prayer. So come down now if you like. And then we'll finish. And thank you, Rachel, for the worship. Thank you, Amy, Richard, for the worship. That was great. Oh. And there's only one box of tissues and it's mine. <laughs> no, I'm sharing it. Um, yeah. Hmm. So, Lord God, we just thank you. Lord, you know, most of this stuff we don't understand. We really don't. But what we do understand, God, is that you're good. And you're for us. And you're going to work it out. And you're after us sowing our presence into your presence. And you're after our yes. And you're after our pitching up. And essentially, that's all you want from us. You want our yes. You want us to pitch up. And you generally do the rest. But you, you know you've chosen to work with us and, and, and use us. And we just thank you for that, God. And I don't think we have to understand it all. 
But if we're willing and we say, here, here, here we are, God, send us. So I'm just going to read out that scripture. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you. And this is saying about everybody in this room. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to reassign desolate inheritances, to put the land in order, to resettle families on the ruined properties and to say to the captives, come out and to those in darkness, be free. So Lord God, I just ask right now, I just, um, I just feel I'm, uh, I've just been doing a lot of traveling. I've been in Australia and D.C. and, and uh, had a, uh, these incredible experiences in, in Glasgow at the Prophetic Center Conference. And Lord God, I just ask, Father God, that almost uh, what you've been speaking to me about, Lord God, in terms of just those desolate inheritances, but also the birthing of this in some people tonight, that this is a new thing for you, and actually you're just, you're just really ready to go on this, and you're thinking, God, I've been born to do this. I just... <laughs> so just come forth right now. I just call that forth right now in the name of Jesus. Let it come. Let it come, let it come. And if you want to put your hand on your belly, put your hand on your belly. Just let it come right now. Let it come. Let it be birthed right now. <laughs> Lord God, I just thank you. Lord God, thank you for those, those birthing experiences that I had in the U.S. recently, Father God. And that is not just for then, that's for now. To release that now. So I impart that right now. I give you permission to give birth to the things that God is, 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 is prompting you to give birth to right now. I say, it's, I give you permission to do that. As I have gone almost before, before you in that last week, I give you permission to actually engage with God that way and just say, come, come and birth what God has actually been. You've been pregnant. Some of you have been pregnant with this for a while. You know you've been carrying this for a while. So it's now, it's now full term. It's now full term. Shaker. So just deliver that baby right now. Just deliver that idea. Deliver that concept. Deliver that plan. Deliver that vision. Deliver that strategy of life. So you're delivering life. You're delivering life tonight. You're delivering life. You're, and, and actually particularly with strategy and vision. Without vision, the people perish. And for some of you, you're looking around and seeing people perish. And God is giving you a vision tonight. So, so perishing will cease. Because actually you are bringing God's vision to that place, that workplace, that community, that street, that family. And so perishing will cease because actually you have God's vision. And with a vision, the people will not perish. And for others, I just, um, I just um, there's some of you that have actually almost like the resonance of the land. The fact there's a resonance of the land that you've been hearing, which actually has been resonating with you. And actually, there's that, that when you go into a particular place, you are hearing the sound of that. You are hearing the sound of heaven. You're hearing the symphony of God's love song, which you know very well to be released in those places that you're walking in. So again, as I receive that, um, particularly in Australia, I just impart that to you now. 
I impart that to you now. So here, it's almost like saying to the land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Shekah. Show. Show. So begin to speak to the land. Begin to speak to the land. Land, land, hear the word of the Lord. Hear that resonance of the symphony of the love songs of heaven that resonate over you, which you're meant to shake out, release over land, over people, over situations, which at this moment are not working out. Show. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Whoa. And for those of you that you know that actually this whole purpose of actually reaching out to see an inheritance come where actually there is desolation. Shoka. You don't need a heavenly vision like I had to, to, to take a grip of that. We just need the Bible and we've all got the Bible. It just, it just helps me to have a vision which connects with the Bible. But we have the Bible which is the word of life and it's truth and it's real. So if it helps you and it helps me, I'm just going to reach up into heaven and say, God, I want to have one of those key fobs right now. I want to have one of those that mission that will actually, I take right down right now and actually, God, this, this will actually result in inheritance no longer being desolate. It's going to be assigned and actually that inheritance will come to fruition, will grow and become a reality because of my obedience tonight, because I've said yes, because I've, uh, you know, and we're thinking, we're not, we're, you know, we've blown it, we've done all sorts of things. Well, Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips, but send me. And so the, the angels just touched his lips, the seraphim just touched his lips with a burning coal and took away his sins. But we have Jesus who has taken away our sins. We are free, we are clean, we are ready to go because of what Jesus has done for us. So we, Jesus, we give you our inadequacies, our feeling of our inadequacies, our fears, our, I don't really know how to do this, God, but you've done it so many times, and you are the answer. And so we give all that to you, and we receive the opposite of that, the fulfillment of that, the plan, the hope, the purpose, the resource, the strength, and the going out in love. Because it is a going out in love. It's all about love. So in closing, I just ask that the garments, the folds of the love of God would just wrap around you now, that wrap around love that runs throughout Scripture would just keep you, guard you, bless you, free you, protect you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Wow. So we're going to stay. Uh, if Rachel's happy and Richard's happy, we just for those that want to stay in this place, uh, please stay in this place. For for others that are you know free to to go and and have coffee, and and again, if if any of the young people want to come around and just just touch people's feet and just bless them, you know, if you're a parent, just encourage them to do that because actually, you know. There is power in that. As Shirley was saying, when she was two, she had a promise of God, which she didn't know was God. And so actually, I was reading, a, um, a, Natasha was telling me, wasn't it something like a two-year-old just crawled and touched the knee of someone in South Africa in Iris, and the person was healed. Yeah? And that two-year-old would not know what they were doing, except they felt compelled to do that. 
So if you have a two-year-old climbing all over your feet, that's probably going to bless you. <laughs> all right? So, so, so again, I give that to the discretion of the parents. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. And, and, and some, I'm going to identify a few people just to kind of bless what God's doing. So again, don't hurry away from the King's presence. Yeah, amen, amen.